Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Well, if you're watching on the ESPN MT app, you can see my killer air guitar. We're not on TV anymore. I don't know what we got preempted for. Well, I do. It's a women's basketball game. It's a Montana Western Carroll College women's basketball game. I'm trying to figure out if it's live or not, uh, you know, if it's current or if it's a, a replay. Either way, uh, I guess if I'm telling you if you were watching on SWX, you can now change over to the ESPN MT app or the radio. You don't know because you're... <laughs> We got cut off. It's fine. It's all good. Welcome back to Was Now ESPN Radio. I missed anything in the first hour of the show. Uh, when we were still on TV, we uh, we talked some FCS playoffs. In fact, exclusively FCS playoffs. We heard from Matt Entz, the head coach of North Dakota State. We heard from Bobby Houck, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. And we heard from uh, Jay Hill, the head coach of the Weaver State Wildcats. All that on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. I do think this is live. There's Jamie Pickens, Carroll College. So a couple former D1 ballers in this one, Jamie Pickens, who played at Montana, now playing at Carroll in her hometown, and Brindley Fitzgerald, who uh, used to play for the Cats, is now playing at Montana Western, and uh, that'll be a good battle in the post. So I don't know. I mean, I'm a junkie. I'll give you updates on this, even if you don't care. <laughs> Sucks about NFL. Well, it's uh, it's bad karma to count your money or floss flaunt your cash on the uh, public forums like the Twitter. But it's been a very beneficial segment as of late. And uh, hopefully you've been taking some advice here as well. More than anything, though, it's just fun talking around the NFL. It's all football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. Appreciate Sportsbet Montana for their continued support and uh, partnership with us here at ESPN Radio. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a Sportsbet kiosk near you. To go to the Sportsbet Montana website, click on locations, you can find it. Also, go get yourself that Sportsbet MT app so you can uh, follow along to uh, betting odds in real time. Uh, This last weekend was a fun one. I really like betting just one game in, in the three different time slots, and we got to do that twice on Thursday and Sunday because the Thanksgiving games are almost always great, even though most Thursday games are duds. So that's always fun. And uh, the Thursday games this year, again, were great. And then on Sunday, I thought there was some pretty good spots to to make some hay in the morning, afternoon, and evening. And uh, it's also getting pretty fun just uh, – seeing how these totals are working. I mean, you and I have talked about this a lot. Brooks Nuana is joining us here uh, on Nuana's Now. Before we get into some betting stuff, I, I do think it's directly correlated with this. The overs, the over-unders, the totals, the unders are hitting at a high rate that so far this year, and I think it's indicative of why the pendulum has swung so much in the defense's favor. Scoring is down across the NFL. You and I were talking about it on Sunday, but what do you think? I mean, what are some of the primary factors that go into the why? I think that you mentioned, Coulter, when we watched football last together, the style of defenses and the way that people are going about defense is so different now. There's still big guys in the middle up front, 
there's so many long rangey athletes that are so multiple. You can do so much down to down defensively in the NFL. I think that the you know there's a transition piece on offense with some of the legacy quarterbacks of of the last two decades starting to fade out. The Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and um, Russell Wilson. Guys that are start, Matt Ryan, we watched last night and were on uh, Monday Night Football, which was a ton of fun. And those guys are starting to fade out, and you're starting to see a new class of guys who have been in the league a while try to try to you know take hold. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, but some of those guys still have question marks. And then there's like this middle tier of quarterback that are like a little bit veteran, and then there's the new tier of new of uh, of guys who came in the league the last five years, who I think are not very good. I think that's common in the NFL throughout. It's history that, you know, you have 10-year periods where there's five good ones, five okay ones, and a bunch of bad ones. So that's not, like, outrageous. But I think the bad ones are extra bad right now. And I think that defenses, with their ability to be so multiple, can really take advantage of that. So the unders are hitting at at least 50%, if not higher, every week. You know, I'm counting them 8 to 7, 9 to 6. Um, at the very least, unders are hitting. And they're hitting by a lot sometimes. So it certainly is interesting. When there's some overs, we had some big ones last week. There were some 70s. Some games totals in the 70s, which was fun. But overall, I think that there's a lot of factors, but it's mostly a high level of defensive play. Well, and the quarterback point is a good one as well because, you, you know, I think there are some guys that are coming that maybe aren't quite there yet. But Justin Fields has showed progress, but he's still not very good. They've actually put up points in Chicago since they sort of amended their offense and started playing to his strengths. But then you look at a kid like Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. He's a long ways away. He might be good, but he's a long ways away. Trevor Lawrence is unbelievably talented in Jacksonville. And they got a big win over the Ravens this last weekend. He's still really, really a long ways away. Jalen Hurts is the one guy who's ahead of schedule, I'd say, as far as the the really young guys in the league. And you haven't had Deshaun Watson in the mix. Justin Herbert took a great first next step last year. He's been about the same, if not a a notch below where he was a year ago. That is also what we see happen. We see guys when they first break out and there's not a definitive game plan on how to stop them. Then as time goes on, not only do they have a target on their back and guys are coming after them, but they also then have a game plan on how to slow them down. I think people know like you don't let Herbert throw the ball at the seam anymore. You know, you, you try to get pressure on him. Joe Burrow, when he's hot, he's so good. He, but I watched that whole game with the Titans. He sucks sometimes because his your greatest strength is your greatest weakness, right? This is like our greatest theme in all of sports. His ability to maneuver in the pocket and uh, like see ghosts sometimes. He's throw he's like you know backstepping a guy and throwing up from the arm angle and throw, hitting it right across the middle. Other times he's holding on to the ball too long and smashed. That's why he, I, I, you know Marty Mornowig, our great friend and, and NFL insider, he's always saying. The sacks are on the quarterbacks. So that's all to say, I think that uh, you're right. I think we've seen the elite, elite older guys, Tom Brady and uh, Aaron Rodgers, take a step back. Matt Ryan, not as good as he once was. Uh, then that middle tier, hardly anybody's playing up to what you expect them to be. And then the young guys, they're just a little ways away. And that's why Patrick Mahomes, somehow right now, Patrick Mahomes and Kurt freaking Cousins own the NFL. <laughs> Yeah, and then the, the the veteran tier, it's just guys I don't like. Kirk Cousins, uh, Derek Carr, Geno Smith's played great. But, like, I mean, you know, are you going to win a Super Bowl with Geno Smith? Probably not. I think he's the best store in the NFL this year. That You know, that's here nor there. The last comment I have on this, Coulter, is um, defensively, 
I think that there is more depth on the defensive side of the football in the NFL. I think that when Justin Herbert loses um, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, yeah. I think there's a bigger fall-off than if the Browns lose their safety and their nickel. I think that there's more depth on the defensive side. Well, so much that's what they get paid, right? I think that's the other part, because you're right. I was thinking about that part. We hadn't talked about this factor, but there's the pre- every team has like one premier defensive guy that they're playing a bunch of paying a bunch of money but most teams have decided to just go with signing 25 guys that they all pay 500,000 to a million dollars a year so then it's like you're talking about it's like Madden ratings right you got a, a bunch of 84s a bunch of 82s out there but when that 82 gets hurt his backup's an 80 whereas like when Mike Williams gets Mike Williams is an 89 maybe a 90 when he gets hurt his backup's a 74, it is a, it's a much bigger deal. Yeah, but you can, I always say, if you pay a man a million dollars to go kill another man, uh, and he's willing, it's a whole different ballgame than trying to, you know, maybe catch pass on the sideline. And it's just a different level of risk on defense. I think it's a different mentality. So I think in the NFL, there's been some good defensive coaches that have really, you know, taken a hold of that, especially with the New Day uh, modern athlete. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's all football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. Sportsbet Montana, a great place to place all your wagers. The Lions moving all over the place for the FCS playoffs. The Grizz opened up as a 10.5-point favorite. Then it fell to 11.5, and now it's on the other way down and uh, getting more toward a touchdown. The MSU line has moved up all the way, opened it at minus 4.5 for the Cats. It's moved all the way up to minus 7.5. The Cats get the hook, which is uh, amazing considering, <laughs> I don't know, there's a lot to be said there, but we won't go down that rabbit hole. But if you want to place bets on this weekend's FCS, playoff games go check out sports at montana also let's talk some nfl so before we get into some of our favorite bets of the week some of our favorite betting lines of the week um you have a great chart here that has your hot teams your good teams your okay teams your middle middle to bad teams your sunk teams and your dead teams has there been any any drastic movement here who who has sort of gone from one tier to the next i see the bills are no longer in the hot i i agree with that, um, but is is there anybody that's sort of fallen away for you uh, here in the uh, your your tiered NFL? There's been some teams making some moves. So hot, good, okay. Those are the top of the NFL. That's what I consider the top half of the NFL. Hot teams are considered good teams. It's the same category. So I kind of call it the top five, six, maybe seven teams. That's a little bit in flux. But hot doesn't mean that you're better. Like I have the Dolphins, the Chiefs, and the Eagles as hot teams. I'm not saying that they're better than the Niners or the Bills. I'm just saying they're hot. I'm talking about betting here, right? The teams that have made the most, uh, have been the most in flux, that have moved the most, have probably been the Bears, have moved a ton. They've gone from okay down to sunk with the injury of, to Justin Fields, which I think is massive. Um, the Washington Redskins have gone from, you know, borderline dead to sunk to, to middle to they are currently in the playoffs as it stands sorry the commanders the washington commanders the commies um the manders the washington commanders have kind of gone all across the board and right now as it stands chase young the defensive end star defensive end is due back this week taylor heineke playing really efficient football i mean this the commanders are in the playoffs as it stands all four nfc east NFC East teams are in the playoffs if it were to end today. So the the commanders have moved a lot, as well as the Giants. The Giants have gone from middle to bad to okay to good 
back to okay, back to middle to bad. So there's been some some movement with some of those NFC um, East teams. The teams that I am really looking for, Colter, that I think are going to make big jumps, I think probably one in a good way and one in a bad way, is if the Chargers can get healthy, I think that they can win some games down the stretch. I think the same for the Jets. They are healthy, but if they continue with Mike White, I think they could jump a tier. I think that the Ravens are a team to watch to start going backwards. I have liked nothing about the Ravens. Barely beat the Panthers two weeks ago. Last week, lost to the Jags. The Panthers have four losses on the year. All four losses. They had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Sorry, the Ravens have had four losses this year, all four with double-digit leads in the fourth quarter. It's amazing. I, I Nuan is now ESPN Radio. I um, I actually sort of identified Washington early on, just because I I, I think Ron Rivera is a good coach. And tr- tell me if you're you're tracking what I'm saying here. Sometimes I know that quarterback is the most important position in pro sports, and I also know that that's what they force feed you every time you watch the NFL. It's all they tell you, but. Sometimes having a completely non-elite quarterback on a team where you have a great defense and a defensive head coach is better than having an okay quarterback. The Vikings went through this. They were better with Case Keenum than they, are, they were with Kirk Cousins. Now, though, they have an offensive coach, so they can play offensive style of football, and so now Kirk Cousins looks way better. I've been eating crow all year because Kirk Cousins is pretty good, and he's been good this year for the Vikings. But the Reds, the, the commanders... I think are the absolute definition of that. And that's why I like Washington, not only as a potential playoff team, but also as a great team to bet because I think that they, they're going to figure out a way to, to, to manipulate a game and maneuver and lean on their defense and have Taylor Heineke just try to make as many plays as he can when he can, but not too many plays. I think Carson Wentz getting hurt was the best thing ever happened to them. That's why they're seven and five. And that's why they're, they're definitely in the mix. I think that the team's, that can truly play a definitive style that relies upon their defense first and foremost. I think the teams that can do that the best are Washington, the New York Jets, and I think that Zach Wilson being benched is the exact same narrative I'm talking about. I'd, I'd take Mike White for that defense all day long, and I think the Titans are, are the, the best example of that. I think that's why the San Francisco 49ers are stuck because the Niners should be that. But Jimmy Garoppolo is a little bit too good. He takes a little bit too many risks, and they have a little bit too good a talent on the skill side. Like, I actually think the Niners would have a more defined system of how they're going to go win the NFC if they didn't have some of the best skill players in all of the NFL. 100%. And the Cowboys felt this with Cooper Rush. You know, Dak Prescott goes out and Cooper Rush goes 4-0 because right. it's not about Cooper Rush. It's about the Cowboys. But now it's about Dak Prescott. Uh, the 49ers, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a little bit too good. He's also a little bit too dirter. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what the term would be because Jimmy Garoppolo, he, I don't think he really processes all that well. Yeah. I mean, he can complete the you know good passes, but when it's kind of set up for him, you can you can make him have good plays. Um, but I'm not totally sure if he's the guy. I agree with you. There's been some good quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls, Colter, that are not great quarterbacks, rather. There's been some, some quote-unquote bad quarterbacks. Uh, very rarely do you win um, a Super Bowl with a bad defense and an okay quarterback. All football all the time. Some NFL betting here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Loved your tip on Monday night. Uh, I only had seven bucks in my pocket, but I went down and, and put it on the Steelers. 
and uh, and the under, but mostly because uh, even though the Steelers are two and a half point dogs in Indy on Monday night, uh, Mike Tomlin, you sent me a great stat that Mike Tomlin was something like forty eight and twenty six against the spread. He's he was well over winning two thirds of the time when he was a, a an underdog, and that, you know Mike Tomlin, a Hall of Fame coach, versus Jeff Saturday, a third game coach. Those are the type of things you need to look for, especially when the line is so small. When you're talking about you know two and a half point favorite is basically even money. They're just getting two and a half for being at home on Monday Night Football if you're indie. So I, I loved that tip. Where else are we at? The number one line I wanted to look at, and I'm actually surprised when I see this line as well. I know you got uh, Houston in your your. <laughs> they're not even actually even on your deal. They're so they're so far dead. They're not even in a category. Oh yeah, they're very at the very bottom of dead. <laughs> I missed them because they're at the very bottom of the list. But I wanted to see where that. So I, I I I'm always trying to look for who do I think are the best teams right now in football. Who do I think are the worst teams in football? And then how do you find some of those matchups? Those are interesting ways to just throw money lines into parlays and stuff like that. But I, so I looked at Houston, but then the number two team I was going to look for is Cleveland because Cleveland gets Deshaun Watson back this week. I have no idea how that's going to go. The fact that Cleveland plays at Houston, though, the Browns are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. This is another example of what I'm talking about. I would say hammer the Browns six-and-a-half if Jacoby Brissett was still their quarterback. I'm staying away from that game because Deshaun Watson, I have no idea. He could be vintage top-five quarterback in the NFL or he hasn't played in two years. He could be straight trash. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I your process there, Coulter, it, it is correct. I love using process and things like fantasy football, which I'm really, really good at, and I lose endlessly. So process can be correct, but the results aren't. So you have to have a feel for what's going on week to week. Like, in theory, Deshaun Watson going back to his former franchise with all of the controversy that happened with him exiting there, That's an emotional game. The reason that you hammer the Browns there is because Houston has one of the worst run defenses in the league. And and the Browns have the best rushing attack in the league. As far as the diversity, the consistency, is it it Dalvin Cook in Minnesota? Is it Derrick Henry in, in Tennessee? It's not that. But Nick Chubb is one of the three or four best backs in the league. And then they still have Kareem Hunt, who's having a down second part of the year, wanted to get traded, wants to be a feature back. There's plenty there. I get it. Houston is now going to flip. Thanksgiving is the, is, is the mark, Colter. Thanksgiving is the point of the season where teams like the Rams, the Texans, unfortunately the Broncos are going to have to fight upstream, but they're not going to do it. But after Thanksgiving, these teams flip to the future. If you have no chance to make an impact in the NFL season, you have to start developing different guys. Houston is going to start to play guys that they would never play. The Browns, while they're having an underwhelming season, I would not want to mess with that rushing attack, even though it's on the road. I don't like it at, as long as it's under a touchdown, I like it. But I like to throw the Browns more in a tease, Coulter, with someone like the Seahawks, who are on the road against the Rams, currently at eight and a half point favorites on the road. I think that number will go up. If you're listening to this anytime before Sunday, please go grab Seattle, tease them down with the Browns, get them both to a point and a half or something. You're going to get like plus 110. Hammer that, man. You're getting you're getting plus odds on a on games where there's two heavy favorites, both on the road, but both I think will cover those those low numbers. Go check out SportsBet Montana's website or get the SportsBet Montana app in your life great way to check in on the lines as they continue to move and it's just a heck of a lot of fun you know we're not encouraging you to go 
bet your mortgage or bet the house. Just, uh, you know, it's a fun way to follow the NFL. It keeps you engaged in all the trends, and that's why I like to do it. It's just It gives us great entry points in terms of uh, just the way that some of these teams sort of move. And, and so that's the other thing I, I'm looking at, too, is sometimes, you know, now that we're, we're in week 14, is that right? We're 12 games in, I think week 13. Week 13, uh, you're right. There's going to be some teams that start to fade. And so then I think you definitely want to fade those teams, you know. And, and, I mean, and I don't even necessarily mean betting against them as much as I think the totals are so important this time of year. Seeing who the Rams are playing and then seeing how many points you think that team's going to score because I don't think the Rams are going to be scoring in the 20s or 30s anytime soon. You know, the Broncos haven't been able to get into the 20s ever this whole year. So I think that also diagnosing who has some of the worst offenses and then seeing who they play and then, you know, doing some mental math in your head to see where the total can get to, I think that's another fun way uh, to go about doing it. What what else do you like this week, whether it's uh, spreads, over-unders, totals, whatever? I think something super important is as we get to this Thanksgiving point and we start to see teams fade, Coulter, is that you really want to look for value. So the books are going to start juicing these numbers up. They already have for the last three or four weeks. But Cowboys, nine and a half point favorites at home against the Colts. I love the Cowboys. I think they're going to smash the Colts. Again, if that number stays at nine and a half or it goes up, that's a really high number. Same with the Seahawks, the Rams, eight and a half. It's probably going to get to nine and a half or 10. Again, those are high numbers, folks. The Ravens, eight and a half point favorites at Denver or at home with Denver coming to Baltimore. Again, if that number gets to 10, those are huge numbers in the NFL. The books are juicing those to try to get you to stay away. So look for more value than than you are looking for massive favorites because massive favorites aren't always going to cover numbers. If you want to put some money lines together, again, not a ton of value in in some of those big, uh, big name, big favorites teams. So some of the teams I really like is we talked about the Washington Commanders, Coulter. They go on the road to the New York Giants. I think the Giants will start to fade. I think that the Giants have been a little bit of a mirage. Um, They continue to lose receivers. Wondell Robinson is out. Um, Darius Slayton is last man standing. Sterling Shepard's out again for the the remainder of the year. Um, They've lost pass catchers. Dale Jones has kind of duct taped the whole thing together. I think the Giants will start to fade. I really like what the commanders are doing. Again, mentioning that Chase Young is coming back on defense. Two and a half point favorites at New York. I like the, the commanders to cover that. I like the commanders to win that game, even if you buy it down a point or two. Um, I think that's certainly interesting. Um, some other games I think are interesting that are worth monitoring is the Thursday night game, which I believe this is we're playing this on a Thursday. Buffalo at New England. Um I think that's a really interesting game. I, you know, you could call that New England is still in the playoff hunt, but if they lose that game, it's flushed. You know, they've had a bad season. Uh, Mac Jones has not played well. Um, as, a, as a team, they have not played great on defense. They've lost some bad games. I don't think that the Patriots are in a great position to win that game. Five and a half point favorites for the Bills on the road. I'd probably buy that down to a field goal and, and pair it with something else. So I like Buffalo this week. I think they're going to have to start playing better. Josh Allen has been underwhelming. The elbow injury obviously has been challenging for him, but I still like Buffalo on a Thursday night. You know why, Coulter? Because it's not a short week, Thursday to Thursday. So the Bills get two Thursday games in a row, which should be a disadvantage. But the Thanksgiving week puts them into a normal schedule. So I don't mind that right there. Patriots at a normal schedule as well, playing on Thanksgiving. 
The other teams that I like this week is I like to buy the Dolphins on the road at San Francisco. I like to buy that up to them covering a touchdown. Right now, the Dolphins are three and a half point dogs. The bet makers, the bet, the odds makers love the 49ers. Love them. I've watched the 49ers most weeks. They're good. They're really good. I think the, I think they're actually borderline scary, but I don't know how how actually execution dominant they can be. And the Dolphins are just going to score points. You cannot shut them down. They're going to get to 24 points. The Niners can score like we saw against the Saints, 13. I mean, the Niners can go put a 17 point up there. I like the, the the Dolphins to cover plus odds there. So buy them up a little bit, even get it to four and a half. I really like them as the single game totals there. All football all the time. NFL here on uh, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Exactly what you just said is how I try to think of this when it comes to laying wagers uh, as opposed to analyzing the NFL. I think that the San Francisco 49ers are probably one of the four or five favorites to win the, the Super Bowl. I think they're one of the four or five best teams in the league. I think that they have, more importantly, I think they have a roster that's built to make a run late in the year. I also think, though, they have a variety of ways they can win games. That's why if you're talking about betting spreads and totals, I'd actually stay away from the Niners more often than not. If they have a huge mismatch where they're going to kill the team that they're playing, I would maybe throw that money line into a parlay or something like that. But when I'm talking about betting Totals, I'm always trying to find teams that play a definitive style. Like, how are they going to win? You know, and if they play a team with a contrasting style, then maybe you stay away from that total unless you can tease it up, tease it down. Like, the Chiefs play such a definitively offensive style. The Dolphins play such a definitively offensive style. The Vikings play such a definitively offensive style. The Eagles can beat you in a bunch of ways. The 49ers can beat you in a bunch of ways. Uh, Jets, Titans, uh, uh, Washington Commanders, those teams all play a defensive style. I think that's why Marty Wernerweg and I were talking about this on Monday. And I think that's why the, the Ravens have been swimming because the Ravens play uh, the Ravens franchise identity is as a defensive run the ball team. And they've been trying to like run the crazy spread option with Lamar Jackson and have him throw the ball over the place. And he's put up prolific numbers, but it has not resulted whatsoever in consistency. I know they're seven and four, but like they have looked bad, bad at certain times. I mean, losing the Jaguars is not, not a good look. So um, I don't know. I think that uh, finding teams that play a definitive style and then uh, getting those, I really like, I I really like some of your totals uh, here. And I think that's another great strategy that we've been suggesting over the last four to six weeks is find numbers that you think the under or the over are pretty good and then bet them up or bet them, tease them up or tease them down and then bet them. In other words, like bet the under up, tease the under up and then bet below that total or bet the over down and then bet above that total. I think that's pretty good. Uh, Brooks Nuan is here on ESPN Radio. Anything left to add here? Any other uh, quick ones you got for the peoples? Well, I'll give you two quick ones. Home dogs last week were five and one. Home underdogs this year are forty four and thirty five. So this week there are seven home underdogs. Just be cognizant of it. Check it out. When you're on the road in the NFL, sleeping at home, different locker room, just be be careful betting huge uh, road favorites. The last one I'll give you is I'll stay away from the uh, over this week. Last week, barely missed the unders because the Seahawks and the Raiders went so high. This week's unders, Tennessee at Philadelphia, buy it up to 51 and a half. Green Bay at Chicago, 
buy it up to 50 and a half. And Cleveland at Houston, buy it up to 53 and a half. 53 and a half is high, folks. Again, we've mentioned it. 51.5 is the magic number in the NFL. 27 to 24. It's a high-scoring game. You're still under those totals. Those are some high-scoring teams, but I think Tennessee plays good enough defense. Green Bay is likely not going to have Aaron Rodgers. Chicago likely doesn't have Justin Fields. And Cleveland and Houston, I think Houston is a dumpster fire. So those three get you plus 176. Hammer away. All football, all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. Sportsbet Montana has kiosks all across the great state of Montana. Go to Sportsbet Montana's website, click on locations, find a betting kiosk near you. You can also get that Sportsbet Montana app, get the live betting rolling while you're sitting at your favorite establishment watching games and uh, having yourself a good old time. Thanks to Sportsbet Montana for the continued partnership here at Nuanas Now. For Brooks Nuanas, I'm Coulter Nuanas. We'll have more here on ESPN Radio. Don't change the channel. Back after this. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. ESPN Radio. One of the shows of the summer, man. What a great time it was there at Tedeschi Trucks uh, in was that late August, I guess? Maybe early September? I can't even remember. It all blurs together. <laughs> As I told our office manager, the only the, uh, the only dates I remember what day the date was is uh, Saturdays between September and uh, December. <laughs> I know Saturday, this Saturday is December 3rd. Knew that forever. Welcome back to Honest Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, but not right now. Carroll College and Montana Western are playing. No idea what the score is. <laughs> but uh, we're rolling here on the ESPN MT app and uh, on your radio dial, so appreciate you for tuning in. I'm sorry, I can't stop making fun. And, uh, and I'll stop. The uh, FCS playoffs continue on. There's an all-big sky matchup in Bozeman on Saturday. Uh, Weber State coming to town. The Game between Weber State and Montana State the first time around was crazy. And, and the low-hanging fruit, what everybody talks about, is the the four Grant Sands snaps out of the back of the end zone uh, that resulted in four Weber State safeties, I guess safeties in favor of Montana State. And then MSU then took the possession that ensued after the two points and turned each one of those into more points as well. That's what everybody points to in Montana State's 43-38 victory. But there was all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, a kick and a punt back for a touchdown in the first quarter alone for Weber State against MSU. Cats got a field goal blocked. The same punt returner, Hudson Skank, who took the punt 91 yards to the house, he then fumbles a punt right before halftime that leads to the Bobcats scoring right before the break, which was a huge moment in the game. Tommy Mallott threw his first pick against an FCS opponent ever. He had only ever thrown picks against Oregon State prior to that. So throws his first pick. And uh, on and on and on we go. I mean, Weber State's receivers dropped, I think, six passes that would have been at the least first downs and at the most uh, potentially even touchdowns. There was definitely two that could have been long gains, if not scores. And so all the way around, it was just a wild, crazy game. The weather was terrible. Neither team played particularly well, and neither team played even close to clean. I mean, the Bobcats were penalized like 
double-digit numbers in that game. And so it was totally crazy. So all of that said, I think that there's this narrative out there that Weber State gets a chance for revenge. They certainly do. It was a detrimental loss in their season. You know, you flip the result. Weber goes to Bozeman and wins. And it's probably Weber that's the fourth seed. It's probably the Cats that uh, maybe fall out of the seating. Maybe not fall out of the seating. But, it, you know, Weber would have probably been then in the mix down the stretch for the Big Sky title. And it just totally could have altered the scope of their season. But instead, they suffered their first loss. And Jay Hill was visibly upset after the game. Uh it's good, but all that, all of those narratives, though, I think throw them out. I think this is a brand new matchup, and uh, I think Weber played really well last week. They played really well the last couple weeks, and uh, Montana State's playing as good as anybody in the country. And, and as Jay Hill said on this show, and as he told the Missoulian earlier this week as well, if he could beat Montana State, you could beat anybody because he thinks Montana State's one of, one of, if not the best team in the country. So it's a tall task uh, for the Bobcats. Let's. Hear from Brent Vegan, the head coach of the Montana State Bobcats. Here's a couple minutes just on the matchup that was and the matchup that will be from Brent Vegan. Well, I, I think it's uh, um, there's some benefit to the familiarity and understanding they have the same familiarity on, on their side too. Haven't played each of the last two years. Uh, the way that game played out, I would assume they see themselves differently. You know, here in December, uh, that was at the end of October. And I know we do as well. And, you know, you look back at the game, certainly with uh, uh, a different lens, I guess, than you look at just any other opponent. Uh, you try to, you know, look at the things that we did well, the things that we maybe um, allowed them to do well. And you try to correct as many as you know, the, those things you can and, and understand, you know, they're a good team, we're a good team, and we still got to go out and put our guys in the best position to play. Uh, play well this uh, this coming Saturday, and you know there was a lot of uh, unique things about that game, um, like that were isolated the special teams. Uh, you know, and I know for us that's you know that's that's one main concern. Uh, we can't let their special teams uh, go, you know, for touchdowns like they did against us. I think since then the last fifteen quarters we've really covered kicks and punts well, and, and you know that. That first quarter, giving them two scores probably opened our eyes as much as anything. So, you know, we have to find a way in special teams to, to gain an edge and then offensively continue to build upon what we've been doing um, really all season. And then defensively, I think we've, uh, you know, we probably played our, our best, um, you know, three three quarters for sure um, that last Saturday out against Montana. So I'm um, excited about it. I'm sure they are as well. Other than special teams, is there anything that you're taking away from that Weber State game that you're hoping to also correct the second time around? Well, I think the the easy thing to point to is we didn't finish in that game. You know, we, we had chances on offense to to extend the extend the lead uh, we didn't do so so you know if we're in that situation or just even those short yardage plays that we maybe didn't convert on how can we do better there defensively um you know the the last couple drives in particular they were they were able to move the ball uh and make it real real interesting and you know they have, they have a bunch of good players they have good uh good quarterback good running back good running backs i should say um tight ends receivers and you know i, I think we have to we have to defend again much like we have i think more recently than we maybe were in that middle stretch of the season um as we you know you you know anytime you play you know you play those teams every year anyways or almost every year anyways so there's a familiarity with that um use that to our benefit uh, i've been part of a couple of these 
these games before where you turn around and, and play someone pretty pretty quickly and you know I think you got to take take the good from those from the previous performances correct what wasn't so good know that they're going to do the same thing and not overthink it um, you know we got to go out there and play well they're a good team uh, they're well coached I think they play really hard um, and they are good in all three phases so uh, we have to be good in all three phases um, so no I think our guys are excited about it I, I you know worrying about who we play and all that stuff isn't the way this team is is made up and um, happy we're playing it here in Bozeman and uh, you know excited to uh, you know keep playing football um, this year compared to last year obviously a lot of differences in, in quarterbacks and things like that um, how how's the prep I guess compared to contrasting just uh, from the time like here well I would say because of that factor uh, the quarterback switch last year it was it's quite a bit different. I, you know, I think we're much more settled in uh, on both sides of the football, um, and, and special teams for that matter. You know, last year we were we were coming off, um, you know, probably our poorest performance of the season. Uh, certainly, offensively, it was. Um, you know, and we're licking our wounds more now. You know, on the other side of it, we played really well in a, in a real big game to close out the regular season. We can't be too high either. We have to be able to you know, come back down to earth, which we have, and, and, and go back to work and understand it's about, you know, continuing to re- replicate the efforts that we have been putting in each week as opposed to thinking we have it all made. So, you know, I, I think uh, considerably different than this time last year. And our opponent's considerably different too. You know, uh, we are playing an unknown in Tennessee Martin last year. This year we're playing an unknown and, and honestly a team that could have very easily been seeded. Um, so got to work cut out for us. Brett Vegan on the uh, rematch with Weber State here on Nuanas Now. A couple other factors in this game that will play. Montana State ran wild in that game. That's one thing that where all this other stuff overshadowed all that, right? The, the, the snaps out of the back of the end zone and the kick returns and punt returns for touchdowns, blocked field goals and turnovers and all these things. Well, that's what uh, that all overshadowed the fact that the Cats ran the ball for more than 350 yards against what is supposed to be one of the best defenses in the United States of America. What adjustments do Weber State make? Also, though, Weber has long been known as a ground-and-pound team, and they ran the ball well this year, 200 yards a game, but they also threw the ball decently well as well, and they uh, took a lot more shots down the field. Last week, though, Weber looked like they reverted back to their former formula of winning. Here's Brent Vegan on just how well Weber State ran the ball, 330 yards rushing in their 38-31 victory over North Dakota uh, last week in the first round of the FCS playoffs. Well, I know in that, that game in particular, they ran, uh, ran the ball like crazy. Um, that really hadn't been who they were all big sky season for sure. Um, heavy, heavy on the run side. And that, you know, that could have been game plan versus North Dakota. That could have been the weather. Uh, it, it certainly could have been they got the ball rolling and they got that lead and you just tend to lean on the run. Uh, and I know they got Davis back now. So I think that would be the biggest thing. I think defensively, um, you know, they are, they are who they are and have been for, for multiple years now. Um, they make it they make it hard on you because they have really good players. They can they can play a lot of man to man coverage, um, you know, which allows them to get plus plus one numbers. Uh, so I don't think they're they're much different. I, that game played out differently maybe than some of their others, and, and that's that's a credit to I guess their versatility offensively that they can they can do it through the run or the pass. 
And that's one thing that I think Montana State just has a huge advantage in is that I think the Bobcats have reconciled themselves to just being willing to just play offensive-style football. I know that they're a ground-and-pound team, so it seems like they're ball-control heavy, but they just gash you. They're averaging seven yards a carry on the ground. They play up-tempo. And uh, I mean, think about their wins this year, 38-35 at Eastern Washington, 41-38 at Northern Arizona, 43-38 against uh, Weber State. And 55-21 against uh, the University of Montana. They also scored 72 on Cal Poly. Uh, So they're not afraid to roll it up. I mean, they scored 40-plus on UC Davis. So, uh, you know, 41-24 like they beat Davis, that's kind of the formula. As long as the Cats rush the ball for more yards than you do and they don't turn the ball over, they're going to roll. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But I do think that – I think Montana State's going to be able to score – 35 to 42 points against every single team they play until maybe they reach the semifinals to, to play South Dakota State. And I'm not predicting that the Cats are going to the Final Four straight out the gates. I just know they're going to be able to score. How well can their defense hold up? They got drama around Willie Mack Garza, the defensive coordinator. Uh, he's suspended for this game, uh, as previously reported by the Bozeman Daily Chronicle. He got a DUI after the Cat Grizz game. So Bobby Daly will be calling plays. How's that affect the MSU defense, which has been shaky at times already? Uh, you heard Brett Vegan talk about how he thinks defense and special teams has gotten better down the stretch here. Uh, how do they sort of ride that momentum? How do they carry that the momentum in those units into this playoff game? Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll definitely see. But all I know is that I think that the Cats are going to be able to score, period. And I think that uh, Weaver is going to have to score if they want to be in the mix uh, in this game in Bozeman. Nuana's now ESPN Radio and the ESPN MT app. What's going on on your Friday? Well... We got the illustrious return. We'll tell you about that and more. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Between 2000 and 2009, University of Montana won 119 football games, which was the uh, the single greatest decade, first decade of the 21st century in Division I football. More wins than Texas or Miami or Florida State or uh, any of the other powers. That's a that's an unbelievable number. 119 wins, 2000 2009. Since 2011, so that's the last 11 seasons. I know North Dakota State has 151 wins and only 12 losses. That's not counting a, the spring season, but 151 and 12. Amazing. That's when you, when you go nine and two, that's when people think it's a down year because they're used to going 15 and one or 16 and 0 <laughs> every single year. Nuanas now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app uh, simultaneously working on a feature on uh, the traditions, the the uh, 
the success that both Montana and North Dakota State have had leading into Saturday's matchup. They are the two winningest programs uh, in the uh, 21st century in the FCS. Montana has won uh, 218 games this decade, and NDSU has won 211. Caveat, NDSU didn't go D1 until 2004, and as I mentioned, 151 of those 204 wins have come uh, just in the last 11 years. Nine national championships in 10 seasons. An unbelievable run. Some would argue one of, if not the greatest, within the scope of their division, runs in the history of college football. We talked all about that uh, upcoming matchup with Montana headed to Fargo today. We heard from Matt Entz, the head coach of NDSU, and we heard from Bobby Houck, uh, the head coach of the University of Montana. We also heard from Jay Hill, the head coach of Weber State, and uh, Brent Deegan, the head coach of Montana State as the Wildcats head to Bozeman for uh, another second-round FCS playoff matchup. And we heard from Brooks Duanas, the co-founder of Skyline Sports, as well as our NFL uh, betting lines aficionado. You can find everything from today's show on the Duanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store, as well as the MSU Bookstore. Uh, M Store, great place for Christmas gifts. For any Grizz fan in your life at the M Store, they are all Grizz all the time. They have all sorts of sweet uh, gear down there at the M Store. So go check them out. Brand new location downtown Missoula, the corner of uh, Broadway and uh, and Higgins. And also the MSU Bookstore, they have some sweet deals going on right now leading up to Montana State's home playoff game there uh, in Bozeman. So swing on by the MSU Bookstore if you want to get geared up for your Bobcat game day. We will be back at it tomorrow. Cody Mauck, who is a NFL prospect for NDSU, an offensive tackle, he will join us. We will also hear from Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports, but also, at long last, the return of one of our favorite guys, Rajim Seabrook, one of the most insightful guys I can think of and one of my favorite guys to hang out with. A uh, contributor during uh, the off-seasons between the sports that he coaches. And uh, football's over, so co- uh, Coach Seabrook, Raj the man, he'll be back in studio with us tomorrow as well. So look forward uh, to having him. We'll see you then at 4 p.m. In the meantime, have a wonderful Thursday evening and be good. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of the Advocates If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, It's all we practice. Uh, You're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 montanaadvocates.com.